0: Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. have a very special guest, Tyler, who is the owner
1: and
0: I guess owner and creator of Baby Bloom Newborn Care.
1: That's correct. Yes. Nice. In
0: um, Rhode Island.
1: Yes, we are based in Rhode Island, but we do, we'll go into it a little bit when you're ready, but we do offer virtual support. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So we'll
0: go into that. So Tyler, we'll then go into that. What is Baby Bloom Newborn Care?
1: Sure. So Baby Bloom Newborn Care is a primarily a newborn care agency that's mainly focused on empowering the new mother as she transitions into motherhood Mm -hmm. so we offer all different services that that's sort of geared to meet each family where they are in their journey it could start anywhere from honestly conception, you know preconception planning and kind of figuring out what you want in your life and what you need um and it can go into after you have the baby, we can provide different services, as well as six months in, if baby isn't sleeping, you know, developmentally at a, at a place where he can be, then we can implement some sleep training as well. So we've got so much. I don't want to overwhelm you so quickly. No, no. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it because this is amazing. How long has this been
0: inception? And tell me what made you or what inspired you to create baby bloom newborn care?
1: sure so i have been working with children and families for a very long time it's almost 12 years um and i absolutely adored it and loved it but i found my niche was in newborn care and working with these new mommies who are sort of just trying to find their groove in the midst and sort of you know i truly believe that sometimes we get lost in the shuffle and mom's needs aren't taken into account so I picked that up quite quickly in my career. And um, yeah, I just kind of felt like the world needs a little bit of a change regarding postpartum care and newborn services. There's a lot of, um, there's a huge mental health piece that I work with. I am not a therapist. I, you know, I do have um, relationships in the community, if mommy be referred elsewhere. But I find that with adequate sleep, you know, I know it sounds like kind of a one of the puzzle pieces, but it's really one of the biggest ones because that ultimately affects mom's immune system for recovery after labor and delivery or a C-section, which by the way, C-sections are a major surgery. And you know moms today are like superheroes. They like go through their surgery, they come back home and And then-
0: And we're supposed to act like we just didn't birth a child, have major surgery. And it's like, here's this little human, good luck. 100%
1: and mommy's bending over mommy's getting up out of bed and exclusively nursing and um it's you know we'll go into it when you're ready but I have a lot of um I have a lot of my opinion is really big on this subject because I've done research in not only the community and in our society but in the world America is doing things you know not, not right all the time. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of a history behind baby bloom.
0: And Um, you're not a mother yourself. And I feel, and I feel that's important to say because I think it's beautiful that you not being a mother though, that you recognize that. I didn't realize all of the things that, um, I needed until I became a mother and yeah, you know, I would see my mom do certain things and whatever, but the fact that you recognize, that so early on of the need is amazing because look I this is now my 15th or 16th interview and it's kind of all the constant when and they've have all been with moms of it's 2020 and it's just now that we're talking about how a woman's brain changes after she has a baby and how this affects and I'm like but it's 2020 we have been giving birth to the beginning of time and you need to tell me that one person thought to check to see what happens when this when a woman gives birth. So the fact that I think it's important to speak on that, that you recognize that and you're fi- trying to find a community and a space for moms to grow through postpartum care um, with the help that she needs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, so tell me, though, because you made a good point of the research. What research have you seen and maybe some high level stuff? Because I'm sure we can go so far. Right. Look, um, oh, yes. to give some backstory on me, if maybe you don't know, I had a midwife and I had a home birth. Um, and one of the reasons is because I saw a documentary called The Business of Being Born. Um, and that kind of changed my life of um, how the healthcare, specifically when it comes to maternal affects mom women in this country and i was just blown away and i just felt more comfortable and it worked for us and thankfully you know it just that's what worked for us um so i i understand and did some my own research so tell me what research you have found and some high level things that you see things that need to be changed here in america
1: sure and i love that movie that's one of my you asked me to kind of think about my favorite movie oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) documentary it's so funny when you're in this world you eat sleep breathe birth. i'm sure you so know.
0: that you're ahead and you know what's going on so you can back up and say okay this is what's needed because i'm sure every day there's something new of course
1: absolutely yeah. so when i began my research um, of particularly postpartum care and i have a really great book for your listeners the fourth trimester by kimberly and johnson you know, i never
0: read it but i've heard mm-hmm. such great things about that book
1: That book has changed my life just as much as the business of being born. Um, It really goes into the history of postpartum wellness and care. And it goes into, you know, putting America aside for a moment and going into thousands and thousands of years of, you know, different, there's there's a huge... You know population disparity disparity. okay Mm -hmm. Asian community um in different parts of China and then Japan we have mom you know after she delivers she's at home and she has her resting in period and it could take anywhere I mean even just a month is like a standard of how long she should be at home she has all strong women around her you know helping her with feeding the breastfeeding support um, meal preparation Mommy is not cleaning. Mommy is not cooking. Mommy is not worried about, you know, what errands she needs to be run. There's, there's people around her, like her tribe, who support mom as she transitioned into this beautiful role as a mother. And the, you know, motherhood is, um, it's a spiritual experience. You know, here it's sort of just, oh, have the baby, you know, pop, pop, pop the baby out, and then you're back and you're doing yoga, you know, on a rock somewhere. <laughs>
0: and act, You see this, it's like,
1: oh no, I need to be here. Yeah, 100%. It's very, um, it's very sacred. It's a very sacred, uh, spiritual process, especially as a first mom. You mm. are bringing life into this world, it's much different and deeper than what America kind of um, approaches it. The correct? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Exactly.
0: Um, Yeah, I had a, I had actually an (laughs) ex-employer when I had, and I was kind of cautious of explaining my birth plan because home birth. That's like, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? That's so taboo. And what if this? So I didn't want any of that negativity. But he was my employer. Long story short, there was like a joke mentioned of, um, well, why don't you get a C-section so you know when you're going to come back to work. (laughs) So it's like we have this level, like you said, it's the spirituality that's missing. And one of the reasons why I created Mama's No Best, and we'll, of course, jump back into, um, you know, of of the services that you provide and things. But I feel that this is important to say because we're talking about it is here, I want to with mamas no best for women to feel empowered because i feel like when women are giving birth we think like you said it's we're supposed to get or it's this painful excruciating thing and it's oh my gosh this mess and my body and all these negative aspects of it as opposed to what you just said is you're bringing life into the world which is the most magical thing when you really break down the science of it and the how amazing it is that the one sperm and the egg if we like that's crazy But yet we're seeing here in this country that it's, again, you know, so um, sensationalized in the media of this painful, excruciating thing when it's like, no, like it's empowering, be empowered. So that's actually one of the reasons why I created this, because I wanted to share my story that if I could do it, anyone can do it. I'm no better or less um so that's a good point that you mentioned that because i had also heard in other countries that they do take these periods and i'm like oh my god that's unheard of we would never think like what no you just have to you, you be strong get back on your feet you know and do what you have to do you know so go ahead and now tell me about some of the services that you
1: provide for moms Sure. So we start from the very beginning. So if mom is doesn't know where to start or an expectant family doesn't know where to start and what, let's say materials to purchase. They can contact us and we will develop a registry for them that is based on their criteria, uh, their budget. I have moms that come to me and say, I don't want anything, you know, cute. I don't want any of the, you know, the bumpy and the different, you know, one season. I want all the necessities and all the essentials. Mm-hmm. So that's what we provide them with. So that's number one is the baby planning aspect. We then offer postpartum doula care, which that can be is really wonderful. It's it's sort of like such a beloved service because that's really focusing on mommy's needs, um, not just the baby. So we offer that. We also offer newborn care overnight assistance. So that is a tiny bit different just because our main priority for this service is on the baby. Whereas postpartum doula care is really honing in on what mom needs. So she can take over with baby, you know, but then if mom perhaps needs extra assistance at home, cleaning and doing laundry of, you know, of the entire household, um, it's a little bit different. So people ask me about that all the time. What are the differences between the two? They have many similarities, but, but I've never heard of
0: a postpartum doula, which I think is a genius. Did you always hear of a pre, I had a doula, but that was during my pregnancy. And of course she was there and we've become friends, but that is genius.
1: <laughs> really is. And we, people have been doing this for thousands of years in different parts of the world. This is what, you know, it, we, Americans like to commercialize different labels, right? So, you know, humankind can be having certain cultural you know um um happenings and different ways of approaching a new mom for literally thousands upon thousands of years and then america likes to put a label on it and then put a price tag on it and get these women certified but we've you know people have been doing this for so many years this is what socialization and humankind is all about we as humans are naturally born and Um, we gravitate towards tribal, right? Like uh, being in tribal communities surrounded by other people surrounded by all the children of the community. It's not just have your baby, you have your partner and then, you know, deal, fend for yourself. That's not, um, we're social creatures. We can't forget that. Um, So going back, we also offer sleep training. So at a certain point in time, Depending on wherever you are in your journey, Uh, the baby could be anywhere from around four months to a year old and may have difficulties, um, you know, going down for naps or sleeping longer stretches at night. We have a pediatric sleep consultant who works through a schedule with each family and can get baby on a nice routine. Now,
0: do you do that virtually now? Mm do oh we might have to talk about my sister because my sister's uh, my niece is eight months old she does not nap um she is exclusively breastfed and she does sleep through the night but i think she wakes up maybe once or twice good thing is she doesn't use a pacifier that's one thing where i probably regret is introducing the pacifier as a crutch for my son but it's okay we're working on it but no that's i we need to talk so we'll we'll talk about it so training go on
1: and that is pretty much regarding the, you know, what I do locally. So when we get into the virtual, we have a lot going on here because it's funny, when I first started this business, we obviously started off just by the overnight newborn care. But then as we go on, I start noticing the needs of all of my clients. And it's sort of like this one-stop shop for everything that you need, you know, minus the obviously a, um, clinical perspective from a pediatrician, right? Yeah. And we always make sure to tell more. tell yeah. Um, So going into the virtual realm, we also have a labor and delivery nurse who is on staff who offers one-to-one nursing consults. So let's say, you know, I kind of like to paint a picture. Let's say you and your partner are interested in, you're, you're expecting, and you're interested in taking a childbirth sort of course but you're, you know, you feel, everybody's different. You feel like a four hour course is too much for you. And you sort of have a plan in mind where you would like to discuss this plan with a registered nurse who's been in the business forever. You can contact Ashley and have an hour consult and ask for all of your questions, get all of your, you know, intervention options. Um, Very similar to, you know, the business of being, being born People don't know their options and you know, whose job is it to sit mom down and actually ask, what do you want? No That's one really
0: where you hit the nail on the head. And it's sad because in our, in, in our society, especially in dealing when it comes to health and things like that, it is a rushing where you don't feel like no one asked the mama, what do you want? What can we help you with this and that? Um, and I feel like if more moms did have support, things might go a little bit, um, whether it's breastfeeding or certain things. And look, I'm all for women's choice. So if you want epidural, girl, get the epidural. If you want to breastfeed or don't, you have that choice.
1: However, know that you have options. So you hit the nail on the head. That's the biggest thing. Absolutely. And you had mentioned the psychologist that you pre- previously worked with. I have to watch that or uh, listen to that podcast. That yes. So when we talk, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but when we talk about maternal mortality in the African-American community in the childbirth community, it, thank God, it, there's going to be a huge shift because I'm feeling it already, and I'm sure you're feeling it, and I think that podcasts and you know different people like yourself are normalizing this conversation. People don't, it, it goes back, so people don't know their rights, they don't know their options, and they're not informed of what their options are and what they can do in the event that they're- The same status quo of just what has just been standardized. Correct, one hundred percent, so if women, especially women um, of color, were informed and are educated, I think that we would they would have a voice, and there would be lower number. I mean it should be whose job is it <laughs> like there's such a missing gap in our system in all different spaces in the perinatal realm, but yeah. whose job is it to inform these women of what your you know options are? it should be covered by insurance. It should be done. We shouldn't be talking about this at this point. You know, of course, it's my business, but it really, I don't want it to be, I want it to be included in your it should insurance. just be nor as, uh, as opposed to you are the exception. Yes. It should just be
0: what is
1: correct. Exactly. So I think it's going to take a lot of hard work, but people like yourself are really normalizing this conversation. No, so and same
0: same with you. I think when I when your mom, which to the podcast listeners out there, I met, It's funny because most of these IG convers um, most of these podcast interviews, other than my friends, I just get them on Instagram. I'm like, hey, you want to come on? but I know your mom. And we just happened to talk. Um, and I told her, like, Oh my God. My dad. And I was like, what? And then we just connected. So even the fact that what you're doing is amazing because you're shedding light on something. Like I said, we're in 2020. And we're just now talking about the needs of that. I remember after having my son, my midwife was like, you are not to do anything. And that was just two weeks. She was like, give me two weeks. Cause she knew like I was going to get, she was like late in that bed. Two weeks, I don't want you getting up other than to go to the bathroom and yeah. maybe wash yourself. And I did, and I'm thankful I had my husband. Think of the single moms out there. You know, think of the single moms that don't have that um, or that have other children that they can't. Um, that's why what you're doing is so important. And I wanted to shed light on it, especially because we are in such a very weird time with COVID and you're in um, Rhode Island. So you're, you're far away, but thankfully with, Zoom with go-to meetings, whatever it is, you can connect with mom. So tell me, since that, how has it been in your with Instagram or how? Where are you seeing a lot of your clients from? I guess I should ask, especially now that you are virtual, are they just in Rhode Island or are
1: they everywhere? That's a great question. So ju- up until just recently, I've had a lot coming in from New York. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's. So I have virtual support um, being offered to mommy's in New York, which is so funny. And, um, you know, it's very interesting. Obviously adversity in life can either be taken as this is the worst thing to ever happen. And we could really drown in that, which we're all, you know, nobody's perfect. We all can have a moment to kind of have, throw a little pity party, but then you have to, we have to bring um, greatness out of whatever we're given in life. You know, these are the cards and we have to kind of, it's it's all a part of the plan, sure. right? So depending on whatever you believe in, um, it's really, there's, as a caretaker for so long and as someone who really, um, if it were up to me, I probably wouldn't ever talk to to adults. <laughs> I love children. I just find that they're the most purest thing to walk the planet there's no judgment Sad though of knowing like when i look at my son
0: every day like it'll get me emotional then i'm like god he's just this innocent creature and how life and things start molding and shaping and how that innocence leaves you know so it's it's very bittersweet but continue
1: 100 percent. but you know what going back to the pandemic yes time where and i'm speaking generally everybody's different and every family dynamic is different but Generally, people are able to really sit down with their kids and say, you know, how are you? (laughs) You know, it's kind of, so there is somewhat of a beauty that is coming from this. Um, But there's also when thinking about new moms who are alone even more than before, um, there's a lot of isolation going on. There's, we have to not get lost in the shuffle and really make sure that these new moms are being cared for and that they're feeling heard because postpartum depression is something that I work with quite often, you have experience?
0: I had postpartum, a lot of anxiety. The depression, I had my um, pl- placenta encapsulated um, and I think that really did help. I really do with my hormones, but the anxiety skyrocketed. I couldn't leave, I, I had so many negative thoughts of and if God forbid something happened, I had to be there. I could not leave him for long periods Thankfully I was able to work through it, but no, it's very
1: real. Very real. Absolutely. And baby blues, it's it's a it's a chemical imbalance. It's actually now, thank goodness, we're coming up with with this research and findings that are proving that there is a natural imbalance. Yes. When you get pregnant, your hormones are like, hee hee hee, like great, party time, and then I think um, 72 hours after delivering, you go back to pre-pregnancy. So it's this really profound drop that I happens. Have a big high and then... Yes, exactly. So it's, um, it's something that needs to just be spoken about. And do you, what do you do um, as p- part of your service to help moms get through that?
0: Because I'm sure every woman is different.
1: So basically the way that I sort of assess each situation is I ask mom, At first, I ask her, what are her basic needs? And everybody looks different. Some moms need that time with their partner. So if that's what they need at that moment, that's what we are going to do. Other moms say sleep is 100% my priority. That's what we're going to sort of, it looks different every single, that's the beauty of my work. That's why I love what I do because everybody's so different. Um, But I have seen in my own personal experience that mental health, and the postpartum um, period is so immensely dependent on whether a mom mom is getting adequate sleep. I know, like I said, it's kind of seems like a small little piece of the puzzle, but it's really tremendous because with that comes mom's immunity. With that comes mom's recovery, mom's um, sanity, sanity of course, and. I mean it's something that comes up quite often that I feel like nobody really is talking about when mom has a older sibling in the home what's going on with that relationship with the 3 year old right and mm-hmm. you know if a mom is choosing to exclusively breastfeed then she's up all day all night because that's what exclusive breastfeeding is yes. it's feeding on demand whenever baby wakes up and whenever baby seems that they're hungry we're nursing so If mom is up all day, up all night, what's going on in the morning when the three-year-old is up, especially during COVID, because children are home with mom and dad, especially if dad has to kind of, you know, go to work or whatever he has to do. Of course, absolutely. So it's just one of those things that it's so common and people are so stressed out about it, but no one's doing anything about it because I think moms have this shame and guilt piece that if they're not running the house and making things happen and everything's looking and sounding perfect they feel this skills and change can you you
0: sure, or they feel like they failed i know coming from experience you feel like i'm failing i was so on top of my game before having my son i mean i was an executive i was this i can handle this and then it was like boom and it was so scary and so overwhelming so absolutely it's a big piece moms are still trying to figure out who they are mm-hmm. you know Oh, God, it's so many things. Like, I swear we could take this conversation. And of course, we're going to stick with your serve, but there's so many things that we can discuss um, because it's not being discussed often, you know? Um, Absolutely. You mentioned the importance of postpartum care. So, what are your feelings going on with coronavirus, and what have you learned during all of this? Obviously, I'm sure you're seeing, because you said you got you know, um, some customers from New York, so that has opened up and I'm sure allowed you to reach moms that maybe you wouldn't have before, because now people are actually looking for an outlet. So what have you learned during this whole craziness?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So with, like I said, adversity comes good and bad, right? Sometimes, and it kind of opens certain doorways that we didn't originally um, have the opportunity to kind of look into. But I think that the the main piece that I'm getting uh, personally and professionally is we really have to take a couple steps back and um, go back to our roots of who we are. I think that universally we kind of got very wrapped up in the uh, race. Well, the, the hamster wheel, the, yes, the hamster with 100% and we kind of forgot who we are as a humanity and as a people. So we just have to kind of take a couple steps back and refocus on what is important, your family, your health, your mental health. Um, And I think I wanted to say this podcast is so important. I feel like your job, Nikki, isn't complicated. I think your job is bringing people back to their roots and us as a humanity. Um, And we so desperately need that because it's gotten too complicated. Life really isn't that complicated. I agree. With, you know, working with children, um, it doesn't matter what any mommy is dealing with at this moment, whether she has a newborn or a six year old or a child with developmental delays or autism. It's very simple, you know, I know it's very easy to say, but as someone who has such a passion for working with people and kids, we got to take it down, take, take a couple steps back and really focus on what's important. And if Thank you have you. your children's health and their happiness, we have to take that and run with that. Absolutely. <laughs> as best as we can. No, absolutely. I think that's so poignant.
0: And let me ask you, it's, you know, you've spent so much time taking care of women and other moms. What do you do for your own self-care?
1: Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I feel like I've never asked that. Um, and it's a hard question because
0: um... I'm sure it's a lot. I'm sure it's a lot. You yeah. like I said, you're not a therapist, but I spoke again in speaking, reaching out to moms. I actually spoke to two palliative care. One was a nurse, nurse practitioner, one was a, a doctor. And I don't know if you're familiar with palliative care. I never heard of it, but it's like hospice if you're not familiar with it. Um, so they see a lot of people at their end of their life. And, you know, we kind of talked about this, too, and they're like, look, we're not therapists because we're doctors, but we turn into therapists because we're hearing people talk and, you know, speak about their life. So I'm sure it weighs a lot on you of just hearing and seeing. So what do you do for your own peace of mind and
1: sanity? That's a great question. So what I've really connected with recently in the past couple of years is being in nature, Which in the fourth trimester, that book, she brings up these huge components of a sanctuary for postpartum moms. You see how I'm going into other people and you asked me about me. I know (laughs) because I'm so ingrained in you. That's so textbook, Tyler. So um, I kind of learned for myself from that book, in other words. So I really need to be in nature and I need to be taken back to what is really important. And that is my health and lots of meditation, mm-hmm. um, lots of, um, you know, just being outside and putting my bare feet in the grass.
0: That's what makes you happy.
1: <laughs> yes. And breathing and just stillness, I think because I find myself very busy every day.
0: I can imagine you're constant, you're going, you're running a business, you're helping moms. I, how, how many moms at any given point? Like what is your, cause I'm sure you have a team, you have a staff
1: at this yeah of course yes so we have a team um of postpartum doulas and you know nurses and care specialists but at this point in time we have eight women who are being serviced in some point in time so we have someone who we're developing of you know registry for we have a couple of moms who are doing the overnight shift um i personally took a little break uh doing overnights because what happens you know the way that we sort of paint a picture is we're in the home mm. from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Tending to the needs of that. Tell little me life. about
0: that because I've had misconceptions about that and sorry to cut you off. Tell me what okay. that is like, um, because for me, and just to be honest, I remember being like, oh, my God, how could I leave my child? This, this should be a bonding time. This should be a bonding experience. This was my thought. So talk about the misconceptions of that. I think that's very important.
1: That's a huge piece, Nikki, because I've had that question before. Mm -hmm. If mom is supposed to be bonding with child, you know, what's going on there with someone coming into the home, I will always, for the end of, for the rest of time, will remind new mommies, there will never be a bond as strong as you and your baby.
0: You know what time of day, nothing. And that's the
1: misconception. 100% that you and that baby have spent so much time while him being in the womb. Yeah. Nothing will ever be stronger than that. And never doubt yourself ever. That baby knows mommy and that baby knows you. Oh, you're going to make me cry because if I would have heard that, I probably
0: would have saved myself a lot because I had such guilt of going back to work after three months that when Jace was getting up at night and I was breastfeeding at night and pumping, I felt obliged to. Because I was like, but I'm at work. And then what if he forgets or what if he needs? So I felt like that was our time. But you're right. It's like looking back and I'm like, he probably didn't even think as long as he was with me and saw me for whatever moment that was that's probably all that mattered so you would have saved me a lot so I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm sure there are moms who maybe think that you know like well am I losing something so that's so important for you to remind moms that you'll never lose that
1: bond of course and every family looks different correct some people um you know, some women really love work, working. You and know, I do. And I, I do. Working. I enjoy working. Yeah. So that can be an outlet. I mean, everyone needs their outlet. That can be an outlet for you. You have to remember you have your own group, you know what is best. Yeah. So yeah. never doubt that within yourself. So going back to the overnight shift, which is so, so helpful. I've done, um, you know, I've helped moms anywhere from seven nights a week. Wow. <laughs> to one night a week um, for a couple of weeks, it it always looks different. And each comp- contract um, differs from the Absolutely. next. So the overnight shift, what does that look like? So we come into the home anywhere from, you know, it could be from 10 to 12 hours. My minimum is, should be eight, the very minimum. Um, but what that looks like is we tend to the needs of the baby while you get your rest and, you know, you're able to properly recover. So we are sort of the first responder. So we can kind of set our little station up in baby's nursery and we sort of, you know, kind of spend our night nearby them. And when the baby is ready to eat, we're the one that is transferring baby, you know, changing their onesie, changing diaper. If mommy is nursing, we bring baby right over to you. So let's say you're recovering from a C-section, you are not getting up. You're staying in bed in your jammies and we're transferring baby over to you. Wow. Done. We transfer baby out. Now, if you, because I, I sense that you really are eat that one-to-one time with that baby up during that time. so if you decided that you prefer having baby next to you in, your bath, in her bassinet, then you, you, know, you two will be in your room separate from me. But when baby is awake, rather than you stumbling around and you know trying to find your groove and moving all around, I'm the one coming into your room and transferring baby over to you, making sure that you have a fresh glass of water by your side. If you need a snack at 2 a.m., well, you've got to do what your body calls for, right? So I'll fix you a nice snack. And um and yeah, it's, it's different for each parent. Um, and, and going back to your point, and I, I think this is
0: important. You were saying in other countries, they do this, correct? They build these kind of tribes and things. Because the way you're describing it is like someone looking like, oh, that's so American. That's so like, oh, you have, I mean, so I was like, oh my God, this, and that sounds amazing. But like you said, everything is so commercialized of how we bring that. So an outsider might be like, oh, that's going to be either too expensive or, oh, that's so like, I don't need that. I'm not going to be spoiled when it's like, I'm honey in other countries they actually have friends or neighbors or whatever, like you said, the, whatever it is, who would come and do this for the mom. So it's mm-hmm. actually not something that we just thought of and said, oh, let's just do this as a, as a thing.
1: Like a first world service, right. That's why it, it's quite confusing because yes, I, my, unfortunately my services are out of pocket expenses, sure. but the country is doing a lot of work to, to change this. Um, and doula, are you familiar with a birthing doula? yeah i had i had a birthing doula oh you had a birthing. that's
0: what i'm saying like <laughs> i never heard of a postpartum i'm like that's genius because yeah you know like i loved her at my birthing but i would have loved to have one after
1: 100 <laughs> percent. yes and some birthing doulas do offer in their packages a couple of days of over mm-hmm. you know or nights sure over. sure to talk about insurance, I know in some
0: places or some insurance, like they will offer a doula, like you could get doula services or you could do midwifery services, depending. Um, but like you said, in order to really get to the next level, we'd have to break everything down to its core. I mean, healthcare in general with this country. I mean, look with everything, and I, I don't want to get political, but look with all of these people who lost their jobs and how many how many people now don't have healthcare because they don't have work, and that. When you bring it down like that, it's crazy mm-hmm. um, to think that of such a developed country that this is what we have now, mm-hmm. you know, that so many people rely on their jobs to provide just health care that should be given to anyone and anything at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we do make change. And like you said, with conversations like this, hopefully they will push it forward. Now, are you do you went prior to to coronavirus? Were you one of those night nurses? For you there. yes
1: oh yes absolutely i i miss my job you know working overnight with these precious babies and i do from now you know every now and again um but i'm really trying to hone in on giving other women in the community a job, right, and an opportunity to love on these precious newborns and their moms. And also, my outreach expands by not just doing the work myself. Mm -hmm. Our outreach is expanding, so hopefully new moms in the community every day are hearing about this work and these services, Mm -hmm. and it's becoming more normalized. And I did want to mention that I do offer a sliding scale to families. Um, This type of work, it's, it's very important... And it's high risk work working with newborn, you know, newborns. So I make sure to have the most qualified workers who love what they do, who are highly experienced and ready to be working with these precious newborns. Um, And so that's my, you know, huge priority of mine. But when I can, I offer a sliding scale. So if you have viewers who are concerned or worried about Rates at this point, or you know, any type of payment. I don't want them to worry because I have, you know, I I'm able to service those who really need this work, and it's going to be um, a disservice if I don't service, you know, and help women who need my help. Now, let me.
0: Tell you, how does the how does the virtual work with the sleep training? Well, I guess you were saying that you would do would help, but obviously you couldn't come in. Um, or let's say if I'm in Florida, I'm like, well, I want a sleep nurse. Do you, w- would you search for someone in the local area? I guess that would be a follow up question with that
1: question. So um, no, we would actually do it remotely. Okay. So just a little tip about human development and sleep in general for young children. It's very simple. Um, there's a little mix of behavioral, you know, there's a behavioral component that happens with young children. They're very smart. So our priority is to kind of set a very, um, kind of just start off at a blank slate and work with a schedule that's implemented during the day and at night. And with that also healthy sleep habits, mm. which all of this can be done remotely. Oh and um, it's very simple. Kids are very simple. I know it sounds crazy because your oh, sister's probably awake with that eight month old and they don't know and what to do. Like, it's not nothing. What do you mean? What? How can you get yeah, right? This
0: is not going to work. No, but I've heard people who've done sleep training and they said, yeah, no, it would worked. That's why I really want to connect you with my sister and we'll talk after. Um, so tell me, what's the max age that you help with moms with children? So like I say, I have a soon to be three-year-old and he was having trouble sleeping or like the pacifier, you know, what, what do you help toddlers, moms with toddlers? Tell me about that.
1: Yes. So Molly, this is actually Molly's realm. She's our pediatric sleep consultant. Okay. And she works with, I believe, until the age of maybe five or six. Oh. So she's working with these lovely, and I think um, in regards to baby bloom, well, my business will service up to three years old. But for her, I can make that referral and have her take care of that because that's ooh, that's way beyond my realm. I do the young, young babies myself. But, you do three. but even three is, is I mean,
0: that's still a pretty good age. Oh yeah. To assess yeah. the mom with. Um, during your experience with all of this, and I know you said every mom's needs are different. What have you seen that, well, I know you mentioned sleep, but what other common denominator do you see that moms tend to, Um, Need a lot of that seem to be like a common denominator with all of your moms or as many or maybe average?
1: I would say that the breastfeeding component is super important Mm -hmm. because I think that it's very common for us as women to think, Biologically, we have breasts, you we know, were able to conceive and then, you know, have our baby, it's natural for us to breastfeed. And I'm going to just pop into this and it's going to feel natural, right? Is that something that you felt with?
0: Oh, I thought it was. And then um, the first two weeks were the hardest two. Weeks. I probably could write a book. And if you ever needed me to like talk to moms, because luckily my husband's aunt is a midwife nurse for over 30 years in Trinidad. she was on my whatsapp and i was crying and i remember like my husband helping me um god i don't remember the words anymore but uh squeeze my breast basically to get my milk out because it was it was you know my breasts were getting hard and my milk wasn't coming and my son was losing weight and i remember him being lethargic at three four days old and me being like there's something wrong and he's like no he's fine and his aunt me texting her and her being like oh yeah open his mouth, get the milk and us going through those. And that was like the first two weeks. And she just kept saying, get through the first two weeks. And then it was get through a month. And then sure enough, I became like a milk producing machine. But it was the hardest thing next to giving birth I had ever done. Yeah. So painful, so hard, so feeling isolated. Um, and again, had I not had that support to message her at the speed of a dial or
1: had my midwife too, because she they had a lactation consultant, I would have given up. Absolutely. That is so common. More common than not with, yeah. with most women that we see. So to kind of take a step back, what I recommend to any mom who is expecting a baby, who is prioritizing breastfeeding, who that, that's something that they really would love to experience. Mm-hmm. I recommend that they make an appointment with their IBCLC the first week of coming home with their baby. Okay. So There's two different sides of the spectrum. I get this all the time. They say, "Oh, Tyler, what if everything's going perfect? Do I still need to go to my breastfeeding consult?" I say, "Absolutely," because that's even more of a confirmation that everything's going great. They're going to weigh the baby. They're going to take breastfeeding moms. Don't you know? I'm sure you felt when your letdown happened, and you felt that you um, were relieved after baby effectively took from the breast but there's no real way of knowing how much that baby's taking. So, you know, we have to keep in mind that the IBCLC will weigh baby before he eats, then we'll place him on the breast, and then we're gonna see exactly how many ounces baby's eating during each feeding um now let's say baby is failing to thrive and that's something that you had that experience with and your son wasn't eating and and taking effectively from the breast this is going to be your way of improving latch making sure that there's no hormonal um you know underlying issues and tongue tie tongue tie exactly this ibclc is going to be you this is like such a tremendous um, component of all of this. If you are choosing to breastfeed and you're excited about it and looking forward to it, you must book that initial consult with an IBCLC. And typically they're covered by insurance. So look into that.
0: And there's even um, La Leche League. I think they have free like um, support groups with that. I hadn't, I hadn't because at to that point, like I said, Plus, I had grown my anxiety of going outside my house. For some reason, I had this fear that I would be judged. That I was changing his diaper wrong. Like these are the kind of anxieties that I had. So I didn't leave my house with him while I was basically on maternity leave for the three months. I was fearful of. Yeah. I was fearful of being judged. I was fearful he would cry. I wouldn't be able to stop him from crying. And then I'd look again like a failure. What if he? Even though he had taken to my breast at that point, and was eating. But I'm like, what if someone's like, oh, she's holding him wrong.
1: I know. These are my dear. What a disservice we have done for you. Yeah, because if you were, um, you know, properly helped and educated and given enough support. We offer a basic newborn care training and I do that myself. So within this training, it's two hours. We go over all of your questions before you deliver. And we go over how to soothe and swaddle a baby, Mm -hmm. how to tell if baby's hungry, basics of latch, um, you know, how to establish healthy sleep habits so you don't have to eventually do sleep training with someone like myself. Mm-hmm. This, where is this education? You know, whose, whose um, responsibility is it to teach these moms? When we think about shaken baby syndrome, it's something that we don't like talking about, but I have to talk about it because I need to do what I can to assist these moms and to educate them. So talk it about that. Happen. Talk about that. Sure. So when we speak about um, uh, sleep deprivation, and when we sleep, speak about parents becoming so frustrated, if you know, if there's a baby that's crying, you know, babies cry, newborns cry. It's something that we've got to get used to. If they're hungry, if they have a dirty diaper, if they're overtired, um, they cry. So it's my job to speak about the cues of hunger and how to tell if baby is overtired and how to soothe and swaddle because what happens is if mom is sleep deprived and is frustrated to the max, there are situations where people, you know, shake their baby or if they're not properly, um, you know, taking care of feeding their baby, there's a lot of neglect and abuse that happens because they're misinformed uh, informed or uneducated. So, it's very, like I said, it's very simple. And I know a lot of listeners probably are like, what is this woman talking about? It's not that simple, it's not that easy. I'm here to help you and empower you and, and um, educate you, because it can become easy with my, with little tips and tricks. Um, right. So when we think about you know abuse in this country and in the, the homes of our local communities, there are certain things that can be done to help with baby soothing and swaddling, um, and we can avoid those, you know, terrible instances that happen with with parents, new parents. Absolutely. Or, um, I mean, I've
0: I've heard of that like the new the something rage, like the mother's rage, because either she's sleep deprived. I mean, I felt it myself. Thankfully, never. Um, going to that level but I, I felt rage and I honest to say of being like oh of whatever that might have set me off or frustrated me at that moment whether it was at my husband because my son is crying and I'm like why can't he move fast enough to stop him like real conversation you know of, of having that of being like that's annoying me right now mm-hmm. um but again we don't we don't talk about a mother's rage we don't talk about or normalize how that is normal to feel that way but to talk about it and to figure out okay well that's normal now how do I um, what do I need to what it what then because a lot of that comes from recognizing that a need isn't being met of mine right sure. now that um, hindsight is 2020 20, I could recognize a need wasn't being met we're seeing in my sister now she has certain things so we're trying to discuss okay what, what needs of yours aren't being met at this time that is making you feel frustrated that is making you you know, lash out, you know? Um, So that's, that's really important that you mention that because again, it's another thing that we don't discuss about. Yes, we talk about the PP and the postpartum and that was such a big word, but there's so many other levels of it.
1: Of course. And I always say just kind of as a little ending piece, nothing has ever happened to a baby placed in their crib with obviously no toys around. Right. And without a swap, you know, don't, nothing has ever happened to a crying baby placed in their crib while you go use the restroom or take a minute to yourself. Okay. We've got to talk about it.
0: Yeah. You no, know, 90%. yeah. Right. How many times I was afraid to take a shower because I was like, Oh my God, he's going to, he's not going to be breathing when I come back out. It's a so crazy what our minds shift to, which is why I say the science behind how is that not done of what happens to a mother's brain when, a, when she has a child. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that'll come, maybe we'll see it, you know, of, of a book being made in our lifetime of real true um, progress with that, you know, that would be awesome to see. Um, let me see, let me see. So what else do you want to discuss about Baby Bloom? before we get into some fun questions about you and, you know, what else do you want to say to my listeners out there that you feel is important, whether it's regarding the postpartum care, anything maybe you didn't mention about services that you provide um, that you think our listeners should know?
1: Sure. Well, um, I think that it's super important just for me to get this out. I think that new moms expecting moms, very important for you to know you are not alone and there are resources, if not locally in your community, there are resources available to you that are meant to cater to your exact need. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're going through right now is, no, you have to understand it's normal and we have to be able to assess it. And in order to do that, you've got to, you know, you have to kind of feel confident enough to, to really use your voice mm-hmm. um, because we're here for you. And there is no judgment. Um, everybody looks different and everybody's coming from a different dynamic. So that's number one. And like I, I briefly mentioned to you before, if you do have a listener who is concerned about, you know, money, especially yes. in this time, I really need for them to know I'm around and available to walk them through whatever they need to do you know, supported with. Sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I'm sure that's a big part piece of it. People automatically assume it's too expensive. Why even bother? So the fact that you mentioned that, no, for sure. And to piggyback what you said to moms, um, and I feel it is important because I have had my son. My son is three years. I know what it's like. I've had the postpartum anxiety. I've had the issues with breastfeeding. We had to supplement, and I felt, oh, my God, but we supplement, and then I was done for after the month, and we moved forward. So I've been kind of through there um, with that. um, we're not the first moms to have children. <laughs> People have been giving birth. And I think that's what made it easier for me and let go of some of my anxiety um, is that I would say like, gosh, my mom did this without even half the resources that we have. Like I would put things in perspective. So I'm like, if she did it, then I can do it. And what? look at the help that I have. And I would just kind of break it down and really just make it as simple as that and say, I'm not the first woman to give birth. I'm short some women have it much are and that's kind of helped me work through it so i think to piggyback off of that is important Is it you know we're not the first woman so you know someone else has been there done that has gone through what you're going through so nothing can probably seem out out of the ordinary
1: never not once <laughs> in my career working with families um, it's so important for us to really remain non-judgmental mm-hmm. and to acknowledge that motherhood does not look the same from you you know, if you were to compare yourself and your sister, nothing, you know, there can be some similarities, but it's never perfectly, um, similar. It looks different for everybody. Everything looks different. And
0: how can, I mean, I obviously I'll put it on my podcast when I, when I show it on my Instagram, but how can people follow you? How can people reach out to you?
1: Sure. You can go to www.babybloomnewborncare.com. That's our website. And you can find a lot of our services and our virtual support, Um, offerings on the website and then if you would like to follow us on Facebook or Instagram it's at baby bloom newborn care I can't wait to share this like I'm so happy that
0: I spoke with you and got so much more of the services that you provide because I think they're um, it's just so important do you have any I guess things of like expanding Or I mean, of course, obviously, if you don't want to talk about that, of like, if there's things in the works, but do you have any of those dreams of like, or you know, let me ask you that question: Where do you see Baby Bloom five years from now? There we go. Oh,
1: that's these are all such great questions. (laughs) One book, because I um, if my work and my language can inspire someone else, we've got to work together in this. We're we're sisters. I don't do any competition. I don't do any. Don't expose my secret. There's no such thing. I'm in this and I'm good at what I do and you are good with, at what you do. It doesn't matter if we're doing the similar thing or, or not. Absolutely. Uh, so I would love to share with you to put out some good vibes into the universe with you. Mm-hmm. Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm focusing um, on training the, the women who are working mm-hmm. with newborns. So that is my new little endeavor. It's going to take lots of time and I'm currently you know, undergoing the accreditation process, but I know that with a mix of different flavors of myself, my education, uh, my experience and, um, you know, obviously I'll have some sort of, um, you know, RN language and more of a, more of a medical background perspective Mm -hmm. incorporated in my, uh, training. Mm -hmm. I would love to bring that out there and kind of train people and to know the language and to understand not only the basics of development of a newborn, but also understands the basics of motherhood and a little, you know, introduction on birth and have a little introduction on mother child bonding, you know, we shouldn't just be focused on the childcare and you know, mm-hmm. these are the you know basics of development. We also need a little bit more of a universal perspective. So that's my second endeavor. That's awesome. Those are some yeah. great goals. Um, what about any like YouTube for you or
0: anything, any other social media do you think?
1: Ah, oh, sure. I think that, you know, when I have time, I like to <laughs> <laughs> I have time. Um, and obviously if there are any requests, um, I'll definitely prioritize what people need but when i can i do the very basics of how to soothe and swaddle on my youtube channel and that can be found on baby bloom newborn care okay so you do have some
0: references and things to go to perfect
1: i do i have a couple of like swaddle variations on there um yeah and i think what you do you know i mean yeah i think there's a time and a place
0: obviously you know um what what i am doing in my content is right to share these stories to inform people to you know and if it touches one person i'll every so often get a message from someone like oh i read your blog or i listened to this podcast episode i'm like oh great someone is listening because you don't know you know you don't know how you're inspiring someone. And that makes me feel wonderful. Um, but I think what you do, you do need to have more connections. So, you know, YouTube video is great, but I think the service that you provide is really truly that one-on-one care. And obviously as yes, the virtual, because you want to reach as mo- many women as you can. So if someone from Florida needs you, or someone in California, you're there, but it's still that connecting on one-on-one level with that mother.
1: Right. So I
0: think I think that's important um okay tyler let's get into some just things to get to know about you because i'm sure like like you said you don't get asked a lot of these things about tyler so let's let's find out about tyler um your favorite movie uh,
1: my favorite movie it has to be that's one of my favorites is the business of being born but i'd have to say the diving bell and butterfly is like one of my go-to it's a French film, I believe, Um, and it's just really lovely. I I think I may have mentioned that I've worked with um, children with special needs, Mm -hmm. and a huge part of my life is working with nonverbal autism. Uh, It's definitely made me see things through a different perspective and connect with other people on a totally different way. So that's a great movie if you're interested in foreign films. Yeah, and say it again. It's called The Diving Bell and Butterfly. The Diving Bell and Butterfly. No, absolutely.
0: I have to check it out. Um, I love movies that, you know, can make me see things in a different light or make me think right after a a good movie that I can have um, just kind of think about life differently. Kind of why I love reading, which is why I ask what people's favorite books are, because I mean, right before you came on the call, literally, I was reading a book. Like that is, I realized how much I missed it. And that is one of my self cares. And I realized I can read all day if you would let me. And that Brings me joy, gets me to a different level. I'm thinking, so that's why I, my next question What is your favorite book?
1: <laughs> oh, so of course, the fourth trimester is amazing. If you
0: have time to read,
1: if I have time. And I also have a lovely book. It's a little bit on the crunchy granola, little spiritual side. It's called Sacred Contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really fabulous because it sort of has this underlying message that the people and situations in your life come into your, like it's already sort of predetermined mm-hmm. and the adversity that we face is truly to make us better people and to learn. Um, so that has changed my life, that book. So now if I'm at the grocery store and I have someone checking me out that who's just has a yucky fan, you know, one of those, just not having a good day. Um, I feel that that person was placed into my life to kind of Maybe I need to help them and flip it on them and sort of ask and them how they're and just be kind. Absolutely, and hopefully, um, my good karma will will bring that in return to myself. So that's awesome. I love that perspective. Um, what's your favorite indulgence? Ooh, it's a good question. I love margaritas. I love spicy margaritas. I need I it too. Too. a spicy margarita. Oh God, yes, best. And um, love chocolate. And, uh, just having laughs with good people, having good supportive people around me and just, awesome. laughing
0: about- um, what has being in the business taught you? Hmm. Like what is your biggest takeaway? You've been in this business now 12 years, helping moms. What, yeah. What is your biggest takeaway from all of this so far?
1: Uh, I think on the, on the business perspective, truly, uh, there's no such thing as competition. We are sisters, like I mentioned. And, uh, I have, especially when working with women, there is a piece where it, you know, sometimes it gets a little, but you feel this energy of competition. And I'm one of those people that if I can take the shirt off my back and to help you and and bring you up and level you up, um, then I'm going to do it. doesn't matter if you like me or not, (laughs) I'll probably end up, you know, wanting to serve and support you in some way. So just we're sisters in all this. That's awesome. No, a hundred percent. It's sad, actually. And that's probably be a whole nother top topic
0: that we can touch that, that happens, um, that there is such a, a thing. I, you know, again, I think society is what's been programmed in us. Things that we watch the images on TV where you see there's only one woman in a room. So it's that scarcity mentality. Well, if I'm the one on top, it's only could be me. We immediately get threatened. So many spirals of things that come from that. But again, having these conversations, um, and I like what you said. Your perspective. If if you're feeling that energy, how can you flip it and then putting that karma out there and saying, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind. Um, funny enough, I I try to live my life that way. It doesn't mean I'm not a work in progress, and I have my moments too. But I really do try and 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 see the that maybe this person's having a bad day, and I try not to take it personal. You just you don't know. Um, we mentioned self care, so you did tell me what you do for that. Um, how you try and get into nature. Um, same thing while I've been home during quarantine. and you know, When I was home during quarantine, I didn't realize, I'm like, God, we have so many birds in our neighborhood. It's crazy. I didn't even realize that. I'm like, during, there's a time of the day that when you go out, you just hear chirp, chirp, chirp. And I realized how much I loved that. As like corny as that might be, like it just brought me so much joy, joy just to walk around the neighborhood and hear that. Um, so I liked how you mentioned being one with nature. And then, so I guess the last question, what is your advice i know you you kind of said some things but um what is your advice for any moms out there um or yeah what's one piece of advice you want to just give moms what's your what's your uh, last parting words sure like to say
1: so i would say don't doubt yourself you have it in you biologically and you have it it doesn't matter what your mother's did Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what your mother's mother did or your girlfriend did you listen to what you feel is right intuitively. And that is the best thing that you could do.
0: No, hundred percent. Tyler, thank you so much. I feel like we could have kept talking okay. and I feel in my heart, we might have other conversations. Like I'm already thinking, um, yeah. I don't know why whether it's passing, you know, your information on to other moms that I know maybe even connecting you with my midwife.
1: Yes. I would love that so much. I maybe would want to chat about your experience with breastfeeding. Yeah, like I just feel like this intense, um, this thing,
0: because my midwives, they're all about that. And look, they gave me information on certain things, too, of like what to do, but not on also. I mean, there are only two women who are trying to build and help moms. Um, And as I'm sure within your business, being a midwife, it's demanding. They go, they make house calls or this at any time a mom can go into labor. So I would love to connect you with them. Um, so yeah, so I feel like this is not going to be the last time we talk. So thank you so much though, for coming on for, um, your time, for sharing your truth and, and for starting your business.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Nikki, for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the mama's Know best. We got something to say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.